Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is GCPC133C, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin. I'm Anna Bernarski, I'm social media trash queen, and I have played video games at least once. I'm Alex Jedrzak, your editor-in-chief, uh, and I have actually played video games recently. In recent times? Yes, recent video games recently. Oh. Mm, we'll have to talk about that at the end of the podcast where we talk about that sort of thing. <laughs> yes. But you know what's on everyone's mind these days? The GCPC E3C. Oh. E3. Yes, if you didn't catch it, we posted some videos on YouTube. And maybe I put the the compilation of that in the podcast feed before this one comes out. We'll see how that happens. Um, but we covered, we did some E3 coverage and but I think there's been more stuff about video games sort of related to E3 since then, and so I thought we could talk a little bit about that, get everyone up to speed on all the things that maybe didn't show up in the presentations proper. Is there anything that you guys have noticed? No, I've already forgotten what happened in E3. <laughs> well, here's the big thing that I want to get your guys' thoughts on. There, the biggest thing that I've seen people yelling about on Twitter, the place where people yell about many things, including video games is the fact that in the new Pokemon game, Sword and Shield, they're not having a national dex. And if you haven't played Pokemon, that means that not every single Pokemon is going to be able to be put in this new video game. But I want my thousand Pokemon. It, it, you're, that is the actual, I think that's the actual number at this point, Jetty. So, like, I think you're trying to make a joke, but it's, it's true. If I don't, if I can't catch all 1,000, then what's the point in playing? This person I, who I don't think has played a Pokemon game in many years. Hey, I played the original like two years ago. I also actually played uh, Let's Go Pikachu when it came out. <laughs> so you played the original. Yeah, and then I played <laughs> the original. Um, <laughs> and what was your impressions when this news hit your ears or eyes? However you consumed uh this initial news. Oh no! Um, that was your, that was your reaction, or is that your reaction to me asking you this question? That's my fake reaction. My actual reaction is, "Oh, okay." Mm. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, no offense, yeah. but like, yeah, it's like it, people. I, I don't want to dunk on people for caring about yeah. things, right? Like, like caring about things is a human thing that people should be allowed to do. Yeah, and like that's I, fine, but just chill. Like, it's just like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? That this is not... Because we kind of made fun of Mario Maker 2 when they didn't include friendship co-op. We, we did a whole thing about how that Nintendo only wants to let you play with random people. And you might be thinking like, well, isn't this pretty much the same situation? Why is this different? To me, it seems like this is less... We can't put all of the Pokemon in the new game. And more like, putting all of the Pokemon in every new Pokemon game is unsustainable. Yeah. And it's never going to be a good time to start not putting every single Pokemon in the new game. So we might as well just do it. And so even though people are like, you know, every time the Pokemon Twitter tweets, it's just filled with people saying hashtag bring back national decks. It's like they know that people don't like it. That's not why they're doing this. They didn't think, oh, you know what people will love? Less Pokemon. This is a great idea. They're just, it, it's a calculated risk, not even risk, it's just a calculated hit that they're willing to take because they know going forward that this will help them in the long run if they just rip this band-aid off. Yeah. Yeah, because like, think about the number of man hours that goes into a Pokemon. Like, a new one, you're talking about like, weeks worth of like, multiple people working on, what's it going to look like? What are the moves going to be? How is it going to like, fit into what we have with all the other Pokemon and, like, balancing and trying to figure out both for, like, fighting and for, like, abilities and, like, this is a unique creature that also fits in with all these other 1,000 unique creatures. But then, even for ones that already exist, you have to understand they have to make new models, they have to make new textures, they have to, uh, you know, rig and animate these for all the moves that they have, you know, for whatever 800-something Pokemon from the previous series they still have to put hours of multiple people's times in different fields trying to get all of these uh, going in a new game. Like, they can't use assets from the first, you know, Game Boy game. In the... <laughs> well, well, no, Jetty. 
And I mean, but uh, like people saying like that they had all these fancy models from the 3DS games and why can't they just bring those over or like the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, they did it with that. And it's just like, A, it's not that they, like I said, I don't think it's that they can't, it's that they, they need to pick a time to not do it. And I think this is just the time that they picked. And also like, that's a lot of Pokemon and it's not just the sort of thing that you can throw money and people at and make it work faster and better, right? You have to have when you add in more people what you start to lose is the homogeneity is the word that's coming to mind which is kind of what i'm trying to say but not really like just like you know everything lining up and like meeting a thing like if you get a whole bunch of people doing different things there may not be like a consistency in how different things are applied and that just becomes another thing that could easily spiral out of control you also have to remember that like pokemon is in this weird situation where it's kind of run by two technically three but really two like companies right game three and nintendo who both kind of want different things out of the franchise and so like and also it's one of the few games that i think nintendo won't or nintendo slash game freak won't let own won't let be delayed yeah there has to be a new pokemon game every year and that's just like and people will say the people who want the national decks will say like i don't care if the game is delayed i'd rather have the national decks and game free nintendo said i believe you but most people probably don't really care yeah, and like, would care a lot more about the delay, not in the public outcry, but in the no longer buying Pokemon games sort of thing. Because like we were talking about, I think last podcast, it, they're trying to make Pokemon a lifestyle brand yeah. to a certain extent, <laughs> and like you need it, and like you need to have consistent game releases. That's the big thing. So like, I'm not, I, I don't want it to sound like I sh- I'm saying you shouldn't be upset that the national dex is in there because if that's something you care about and it makes you not want to buy this video game, that's fair. But I don't think yelling about it on Twitter is going to fix it like it might have fixed Mario Maker 2 because this wasn't like a misunderstanding. I think this was a very calculated decision and whether or not you agree with it, I don't think that they really, they, they, they know that it's going to be negative, but they have a different goal in mind. And unless that goal is not met, then I think they're going to stick with this decision. But I guess, like, what is anyone's reasoning for caring to that great of an extent? Is it like, oh, well, I don't get to use, you know, a hyper beam or something? Like, I have my you know, great, powerful team. What I get from people talking about it is sort of like this idea of a lot of people were like really excited to bring certain favorite Pokemon into like the console generation sort of thing and like play yeah. them in, with them in a big new Switch Pokemon game that's supposed to be super fancy and everything. And that's part of it. A lot of people just have, because Pokemon's a lifestyle, trying to be a lifestyle brand, and they've cultivated this whole thing about like having your favorite Pokemon and using your favorite Pokemon and engaging with it as a lifestyle brand people have developed strong emotional attachments <laughs> to the brand so really the mistake that nintendo made or nintendo and game freak made was like making too good of a game well not making too good of a game but like just encouraging this very specific way of engaging with their brand that was not sustainable yeah right like they brought back the catch them all for the three like for the 3ds games they, they put a big emphasis on that and then they came out with Pokemon uh, Home, the sequel to Pokemon Bank, where you can, which is used to transfer Pokemon to the new games. And then, I don't, what I'm pretty sure what happened is like a whole bunch of ideas. Like they had all these ideas, and they tried to coalesce them, and they were like, "Oh no, this doesn't work." Yeah, I don't think it's one big bad idea that happened. I think it's a bunch of smaller things that sort of culminated in a really bad thing because another thing is like they probably intended to use the 3d models to avoid this issue but what i'm guessing happened is that for whatever reason it didn't work it didn't scale the way that they thought it was going to and the fact is that it's probably a really complicated situation and the fact that they are doing it this thing that they know will be wildly unpopular probably means that this was their best option yeah (laughs) i mean if they could do anything else they probably would have yeah but I guess it is kind of about time. It's kind of like how, what was it, Sun and Moon, did it have unique Pokemon? Oh no, it had some unique Pokemon. No, it had, but, you know, Sun and Moon had their, had, like... What was it, a, a full 151? I don't remember exactly how many, but it was like a decent amount. It was at least 100. Hmm. No, because, um, 
it just seems like they've been slowing down on the uh how many we're going to come out with like maybe it's about time that we start realizing we can't do this for another you know 20 years and have <laughs> you know until we get to the uh what would that be 1500 yeah. and one <laughs> also just real quick to put a button in it unless anybody else has the, a button in at least what i'm going to say on this podcast about it the dynamax thing where they make pokemon grow real big people are saying <laughs> that uh they should have put in the national decks instead of making dynamax that's not how this works at all no i'm very sorry those were com- two completely different things completely unrelated to each other and honestly <laughs> dynamax was probably put in the way it was specifically so that they could focus more on other things this was probably the cheapest thing they could have done because they had to put in something new as a tagline for to get people interested and this was probably the easiest most simplistic thing that they could have done so that definitely was not the reason that you don't have the national decks Anyway, we've talked about this for a while. Let's move on to other things. Are there other topics? Um, what else happened in E3? What uh, they got the Goku is in Smash now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did want to no, talk uh, to you Goku about Goku is in Smash now. Because Jetty, you're a resident Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest expert. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, the hero in Super Smash Brothers? as someone who has played these video games and what they did with the character. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting that they, um, you know, instead of trying to pick one or just picking like, uh, you know, Erdrick, the original, whatever his name is, Loto, Roto, that they tried to bring in a variety of uh, the classic characters. I was surprised how many of the older ones they brought in. It's like the latest game, then like one, three, and four or something, <laughs> or... Eight, three, I can't four, answer eight. that question for Sorry. you, Jay. You asked it like a question, and I can't tell you <laughs> the answer. But no, um, I, I liked the variety. Um, I guess I don't know how this will... I mean, people mostly seem to be complaining about, like, oh, more swords and smash, uh, whatever. Um, I don't really know how it affects that end of it. But uh, I am glad to see some representation of Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. What I'm curious to know is how you guys are feeling about video games for the year going forward, right? Because, like, now that E3 has sort of come out, that's sort of, like, the last... This is, like, we're not going to get here about any more new games until, like, January, probably, right? We may hear more about games that have been talked about, but I don't think they're going to give us any new ones that are coming out this year from anybody. So, the year what, do you, what do you guys... Hmm? Going forward, are you talking about 2018? <laughs> no. As in yeah, the yes. Game Cola Video Game that... Awards 2018? Jetty, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> 2018? 2018 is not forward. No, for like the second half of the year, what video games are you what are you thinking about getting? Whether they were shown off first at E3 or... Um, I have been... I feel like the one game, again, going back to Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven is coming out on Switch, I believe, in December. Something like that fourth quarter uh so of games that i know are coming out that aren't just like indie games uh i feel like that's one that i'm anticipating i'm looking forward to uh link's awakening and then and i think that's coming out all it's coming out soon september 20th 2019 so yeah this fall and of um, course mario maker 2 i'm hype about oh, that yeah, that's, that's happening coming out tomorrow <laughs> no it's not tomorrow is it tomorrow it's not tomorrow. Well, so tomorrow. <laughs> no, it, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be out. Tomorrow. It comes out on the 28th. Or it came out on the 28th, if you're so listening tomorrow. to this podcast. Yes, Anna, tomorrow, <laughs> sure. Got it. No, yeah, that's coming out. Uh, I may or may not get that when it comes out. I'm very much looking forward to Animal Crossing in March of next year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see like how Animal Crossing multiplayer is going to go this time around because it, it seemed like kind of fun in the 3DS version, but also fairly limited. Yeah, um, that's how it seemed since they started having multiplayer in Animal Crossing. What, it was kind of a limited, haha, we're in each other's towns. Yay. Okay. One of the things I'm wondering about is like because with like with the 3DS, like you're either connected to the internet or you're not, and you kind of have to like specifically connect to the internet mm-hmm. but what i was thinking about is like what if you just like leave your switch on and you go to work and then you have friends who like can jump into your town while you're gone mm-hmm. and do stuff i don't know if i don't know how that would work like maybe if you have friends in other time zones that would be easier 
or yeah. friends with uh, non-traditional work weeks. Like most of my friends, at least. <laughs> Nobody works a nine to five. We can't schedule anything. So I'm interested to see how that multiplayer will, will work out. Because it seems like they're trying to put more of a focus on it. Because I don't remember it being like a focus of the 3DS New Leaf, I think it was. Mm-mm. Um, Multiplayer was sort of like a cool thing you could do, but not the focus at all. Yeah. It seems like multiplayer seems to be a bigger focus for the new Animal Crossing. What other video games are happening? Luigi's Mansion, I'm honestly more sold on than I thought I would be. Yeah. Like, it kind of, it looks like a lot of fun, and it seems like they've done a good balance, because, like, the the thing about the 3DS game is that instead of, like, having one mansion, you were just kind of, like, going through these, like, little scripted levels that didn't connect to each other at all, and it seems like Luigi's Mansion 3 is doing a good balance of that in the original style, because the thing about every game that Nintendo makes for the Switch, like, that's a, like, main Nintendo first-party thing, they try that something that has been repeated in interviews and I've also just seen in the gameplay is that they try to have some sort of like make sure that you can have some sort of complete positive experience over the course of like five to 15 minutes. Right. So Mario Odyssey, there's always a moon that you can get within like 15 minutes. Breath of the Wild, there's always like a Korok seed or uh, like a shrine that you could get you can knock out real quickly. Because the idea is that you can play the Switch portably, and when you're playing portably, you have to be able to play in much shorter sessions than when you're just sitting in a couch and you play a video game for 15 hours. So I think that's a good balance, and it, and it, it, I like the animation a lot, honestly. Like yeah. they, it looks a lot better than the original trailer for one. Um, it's just very expressive, even in the gameplay. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see more of it, and it would be super cool if it would come out on Halloween. Just, just or like. October 30th or something like that, just so that it could be top spook. I feel like my sister got insulted when I didn't tell her about Luigi's Mansion. She has an internet. She can find her own information about <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. Because I, I think I told her about something, but not Luigi's Mansion. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> when she finally watched the video. You guys want to talk about the power of friendship? <laughs> the power of friendship, Jetty? What's that? What's the power of friendship? So, um, actually, uh, it, it relates in both of my things that I have to relate. What is so, friendship? Please explain. Uh, uh it's, friends it's we made a boat way. that is owned <laughs> by the country of France, I think. Close. So, um, <laughs> I, apparently, I, I apparently never completed my, uh, my tale, my, uh, saga, my ongoing adventure of, um, Little Dragon's Cafe. Oh, yes, I want to hear the end. What happened? What happened, okay, Jetty? so did um, you save your sick mother? I did, and then it just kind of ends. She just kind wait. Of okay, com- let me give a quick recap, and because you could you could give a recap, but I think it'll be funnier because I don't remember <laughs> much of it. Okay. Um. Okay. So if I remember correctly, uh, Little Driving's Cafe, you uh you live in a in a house, and your mother gets sick, and then a guy comes in and is like, "Hey, your mother's sick. You need to earn money." So we're going to turn your house into a bed and breakfast, except maybe mostly breakfast and other meals. And then also you find a dra- a small dragon. And then the dragon helps you find ingredients that you use to make the food for your restaurant. And there's a lot of people in the restaurant that have emotional problems that just kind of resolve themselves if you walk in and out of the house. And the dragon, like, it gets bigger which is supposed to help you get food, but honestly, sometimes it makes it harder to get old food, and your mom's still just kind of sick, and the old guy just sort of hangs out and doesn't help very much, and uh, you want your restaurant to be good, but if it's bad, there's no consequences. And I think last, you were just telling us about, like, the weird people who would come in and have a problem, and then you'd, like, leave and come back, and their problem would just be resolved. Yeah, um, so that's mostly correct. Uh, your mom owned the bed and breakfast, and then you had to take it over because she got sick. Uh, okay. And I thought the... the old man just told you to make your house a bed and breakfast to help your mother. No, um, yeah, so I, I took your advice last time, and I reala- I didn't realize that I hadn't talked about it. Oh, I was having an issue where I was spending so much time trying to, like, keep the customers happy, but the thing is, is you don't get any money from it, you just get, like... <laughs> more you get like a higher rating you get more popular which means that more people are going to come which is like more people to keep happy so i finally just said there's no consequences to not keeping the people happy i'm just going to focus on burning through these missions like the little quests or the story points where like yeah you just 
you go to sleep, you wake up, there's a story point, you leave the house, you come back in, there's another story point, you just go directly to sleep. And then the next <laughs> Right, let your mom run a, an established <laughs> restaurant with good reviews. You're yeah. a child. <laughs> and then, so basically, I just completely ignored anything that wasn't forced on me, because they do have a bunch of stuff where uh, they're like, oh, oh, I'm so hungry for this, oh. Oh. And then you have to go out and you have to find three... Is it? You have to figure out what the ingredients are, and like, there's somebody who tells you what the recipe is, and like, oh, that's right, you you have to find the pieces of the recipe, and one of them is like a person who's standing randomly out there somewhere on the map. You have to find the them. Person is part of the <laughs> recipe. Delicious. They will give you the last piece of the recipe if you. That can is get... not how you phrase that initial <laughs> idea, Jetty. <laughs> yes, it is. Please continue with this man soup. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you bring them the food that they want, they will give you the last piece of the recipe. And so, like, I'll just sit there and I'll sleep and I'll, like, wake up and leave and come back in and sleep again, whatever, until it gets to that point. Then I'll go find the person, uh, come back, cook the food, go back out, feed them the food, come back, go to sleep, and just finish that section. And So, does anything happen, like, I know that there's not really any consequences to it, but, like, what happens to your restaurant as you're currently plummeting in service? Fewer people come, which means fewer people complain. <laughs> so it just reaches a stable equilibrium. Yeah, basically. So people aren't even really complaining that much anymore. Yeah, and then uh, there is a point at the end of the game where you have to reach like a minimum rating, but you can do that really fast if you then just focus on like serving the food and getting the ingredients and stuff. Like if you just, at the end, focus on the restaurant, then it gets there and your mom wakes up, and everything's great. And she basically just goes, oh, good work. Oh, <laughs> keep it up. Wait, she doesn't help? No, it's she her stays business. in her bedroom. It's her business, though. <sighs> like, I get that she was sick, and I can appreciate that, but she's better now, and also an adult. Yep, and, uh, yeah, nothing basically happens. You get to the end of the game... And you're just kind of free to roam around, but it's like, why would I want to at this point? Were there even credits? Yeah, there was credits, but then after that, you're just free to roam. What about your dragon? What happened to your dragon? Oh, he's really big now. <laughs> was that a requirement for the story, or could you have like gone through the whole game with the tiny dragon? No, he comes. Uh, he like grows at like different story points after like every couple I of. I see. So like the movie Aragon, where the dragon just gets bigger for no reason. I remember that movie existing, and I remember making fun of it because it's just dragon with an E. <laughs> just like, increase the letter index by one. Welcome to my new fantasy series, the sequel to Aragon. Fragon. <laughs> I never watched it though, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. But yeah, like there was- Just trust me that my joke was funny. Uh, like was... you do normally, of course. Yes. <laughs> Good one, Joe. <laughs> okay, don't patronize me now. But uh, the thing was is that the power of friendship, like everyone that you meet, for some reason they have some like interconnected storyline where like, oh, you meet the little boy at the beginning and then he comes back later and it turns out that his mom owns a restaurant that someone else like works at and then something, something, I don't know. Like... They're all friends somehow, and it was only because all of them helped you that you made it this far, and blah, blah, blah. You got all your friends with you. It helped everybody. So, Friendship. was Little Dragon's Cafe a good video game? Not really. <laughs> but you did play the whole video game, Jetty. I did, but from, like, the first few hours was, like, fun and interesting, and then it was, like... Well, I've made it this far. I might as well. And it's like, well, oh yeah, no, like it. It was. Uh, what was it sunken cost fallacy? Sunk or cost fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I finished it, and I don't know why I did, other than <laughs> to do it. Well, that's not the only video game about friendship you played in recent times, right, Jetty? Yes. Discussing uh, the power of friendship in games that I have beaten uh, in recent times. Uh, I beat. Blaster Master Zero Two, and I was uh, I was very happy with it. Um, I, I or as found... you put in the Discord earlier, Blaster Master Zaster Taster. <laughs> That's actually you wrote the word Taster, Jetty. That's how it's spelled. 
Waster Maester's Easter Taster. <laughs> that sounds like a very good dish that you should open in your dragon restaurant. Yeah. But no, I, I I think I finally figured out what it is about Blaster Master Zero and Blaster Master Zero 2 that I enjoy so much. And it's that basically, like a lot of retro games, they kind of, like, they have a retro art style, but they are a new game. And I feel like Blaster Master Zero 2 does a great job at taking what old NES games wanted to be and then making it happen without all of the like difficulties of trying to program on the NES. You have all these new tools available to you to make like a great new game that can have all this cool stuff go on. But it's still like the, the dream of 1988 uh, is alive in Blaster Master Zero 2. And I just really liked uh, I liked the ending where you're fighting the final boss, and then all of your uh, friends show up out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, we heard you're in trouble. And then... How? You're in space. No one can hear anything there. Because you took the time to go back and visit them, and you helped them in their time of need, and they gave you these little uh, tokens that then when you have them is the only way that you can actually get to the final boss. Because of the tokens... Like literal, like, friendship coins? Something like that. I forgot what they're actually called. I don't think that's what, uh, as a token of my friendship, means, Jetty. (laughs) Yes. I think Uh, they mean, like, a gesture, or maybe a real gift that's like a gift, then not just a coin with their face on it. Well, it's a picture of their, uh, their, what is it, metal attacker? The tank? But yes. uh, I'm just gonna start walking around, and whenever I meet someone I like, I'm just going to give them a coin that has an engraving of my car on it and just be like, here you go. We're friends now. (laughs) You can spend this one friendship point whenever you need me because friendship is currency. That's (laughs) the message of this video game. And uh, you you were asking, well, how did they get there? Uh, Well, Kana explains it best when she says, so yeah, like wormholes, right? (laughs) I sent you guys a screenshot of that one. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, they all, they all show up. And then uh, your tank transforms into a giant gun, and you have to tap, like you have to like mash the A button for like a minute as it slowly says, take this, as they like fly around and shoot the boss. And uh, it's extremely shonen anime, and I guess I can just appreciate what they did. Like, it's silly and it's ridiculous, but... If that's what you're going for, they really, uh, they went all the way. They made it happen. They lived the dream. (laughs) Can you think of a game that, like, is sort of the antithesis of that? Like, a game where they did the retro style, but then they didn't really, like, make it feel retro in terms of how the rest of the game was designed? I did not prepare one, but I know that uh, in my mind I've come across several of these where I was like, okay, great, you have, like, pixel art, kind of. That's the only thing, quote, retro about this. I will say that the the, the ending that you've sort of described reminds me a lot of the ending of Breath of the Wild, honestly. Oh, really? What, the... Yeah. Do do all your friends in Breath of the Wild teleport to your location? Well, well, you save all of the ghosts of your friends from before you got knocked out and had amnesia. And then they they give you magic. And they laser blast Ganon when you fight him. And if you do that, then he starts with half health in the final battle. Wow. Funny story. My friend was looking for armor in Breath of the Wild, walked into the Ganon fight, and then that huge cutscene happened, and then she left. (laughs) (laughs) I did when I was. When I was playing Breath of the Wild, I did climb up to the to the top of a tower, and I was like, okay, so I can get up here. Well, bye. <laughs> I don't want to do this now, but I can't get up here. Once you get uh, Ravali's Gale, which makes a gust of wind that blows you upward, it's really easy to get to it. You can, you can basically just walk in. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Hello, Gannon. Hi. How you doing? I'm, I'm going to leave soon, but hi. Gosh. Breath of the Wild speedruns are crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them. No. You what you do is you because there's a stasis which like freezes an object, but then like you can hit it and it'll fly off in a yeah. direction. So what you do is you get like rocks and trees, you stasis them, you hit them a bunch, <laughs> and then you just jump on <laughs> them and you ride them across the map. 
Or the other thing you can do is like there's this very specific thing where like if you're doing a sh- if you're surfing on your shield, so like you stand on your shield, you can like do that in the air. And if you do that in a certain way and like shoot an enemy with an arrow and like do it in a really specific way, you just get launched. Like something about the way the force velocity is calculated just like messes up and you just go flying across the map. And it's hilarious and also kind of amazing. <laughs> so it's 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 fun. I was just thinking about that. Uh, Anna, what video games have you been playing in recent times? I don't times? play video games. What are you talking about? Mm, you said that you did play a video game at least I once. Lied. So talk about that one. Yeah, tell us. Oh, what was that one video game you played that one time, Anna? It's very sad, but I honestly can't even remember the last game I played. I like Stardew Valley. That's a great game. <laughs> that does track with what I know about you, Anna. <laughs> What a great Are they coming game. out with a new update soon? I think I heard something about where they were they right, were adding we're, in. We're gonna. This is what we're gonna talk about instead of me playing video games. <laughs> is is Stardew Valley having an update soon? I hope so. Because dang, that sounds fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I'm remembering about this. So they're doing it in. Uh, they're they're changing multiplayer so that you don't all have. You can set it so you don't oh, all have the yeah. same money pool. Oh thank God. You have you can have separate money. Oh thank God. Um, <laughs> I think it's an option. I um, want that because it'll make multiplayer bearable. I honestly just yeah. There, there's there's a bunch of fun little stuff, and they they're coming out with a new map that's like specifically designed. It's called Four Corners, and it's like specifically designed for like four people having their own kind of little farm ecosystems. Oh yay! So I don't know when. I think it's just being teased so far. Yeah, the last thing I see on Steam is from April 29th. It looks like the the projection is the end of 2019 for the update. Okay, I can wait that long for multiplayer. Man, people like in the in the promo images for Stardew Valley, the character designs are always much more interesting than what I actually see people pick for their character. I feel like most people at least that I know go for a fairly neutral character profile, but there is cool stuff that you can do. It's just nobody does it it seems like. Everybody does like blue pants. Blue pants. Blue plant pants. Blue boob. Bleh. Blue pants. Blue pants. <laughs> boo pants or boo plants for Halloween. <laughs> here's some boo plants Happy to Halloween. spook ya. It's not Halloween. It's Halloween now. It's July. Congratulations, Joe. It is now Halloween because you said it is. You know what I've done in recent times? What have, have you, you done in recent times? I play a video game. Whoa. Which one? So you know the hit uh, indie game from 2018 nominated for uh, a Game Cola Award, uh, Celeste. Yes. Yes. So I had played some of it. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I bought it and then I played some of it and I just kind of fell off of it because it was fun. But, like, I just got distracted by something. And then the awards were coming up. So I was like, let me actually play through and beat it because I've nominated this for an award and I might have to write about it. Um, also, it's a fun video game. It was like, you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of need an excuse for yourself to do something. Um, so I did it, and it was a lot of fun. Hey. I enjoyed it. Um, it. I think Celeste is sort of known for, like, the fact that the it's fairly overtly about, like, mental health, like, depression and anxiety and all that fun stuff. And, like, that, that part was, like, good, and I, I, but I kind of expected it to be good because of what I had heard about it. I was really interested to see how they incorporated it into the gameplay, and not just, like, the narrative moments where you can kind of just do whatever, but, like, just, like, things where, like, for one thing, the game definitely doesn't revel in your constant failure like a lot of really hard platformers do, because it is a difficult game. Yeah. Um, but it seems, it, like, the just the tone of everything and how everything is phrased feels a lot more encouraging than I feel like a lot of games like that are. Um, so the point is that you have fun the whole time instead of just when you succeed. Because I think that's my problem with a lot of these hard platformers is that, like, it throws a lot of adversity at you, but then it's, so, like, you, you want to complete it, like, out of spite. (laughs) But then it's only satisfying when you actually do it as opposed to while you're playing the video game and trying to beat the challenge, which is most of the video game, is the parts where you're not doing good at it. Yeah, because that's where you get stuck, and I really like how it handles difficulty. Because a lot of people who play video games have really big egos about difficulty. I will include 
I would like to say a younger version of myself. I feel, <laughs> I hope I will have grown past it, but definitely when I was younger, I had an ego about difficulty. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, that's why I think like a lot of games now have four difficulties and one of them is like baby mode for babies because it's not because they actually want to make fun of people playing that lowest difficulty level. It's that they want to make a difficulty level where someone can say, well, at least I'm not playing baby game for babies difficulty level. I'm playing normal mode, even though normal mode is probably actually easy mode, right? You have to, you have to name it in such a way that the people who need to play this version of the game click on that thing. Yeah. So even like, if their uh, ego says that they can play a better game, a more difficult game, they can't. But with Celeste, what it does is it just sort of opens up different, like, a lot of the game is optional, but, like, it's very clearly, like, laid out so that you can sort of tell, like, this is optional content, but you're going to be coming across that optional content constantly. So, like, you'll walk into a room and you'll get to assess, like, do I want to try to figure this out or do I just want to move on? As opposed to, like there being a bunch of optional levels, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then as you're exploring, like the harder level, to get to the harder levels, you have to be kind of looking for harder challenges. Because there's a bunch of, in this game, this platformer, um, there's a bunch of collectible strawberries. And the game is very clear, like, these strawberries don't give you anything, they're just cool. Uh, You do get achievements, so it is kind of lying. But it doesn't do anything in the actual video game. Um, but if you're looking really hard for those strawberries, you will find the stuff that unlocks the bonus levels too. Hmm. But if you're just playing through the game, you're never even really going to encounter those harder difficulty levels if you're not looking for challenge. Even if you're not specifically looking for those harder levels, if you're not looking for the challenge, the game doesn't like try to tell you like, mm, I guess you're not going to do the hard stuff. It just doesn't even talk about it basically. And I think that's a like having that flexibility within the game as you're playing it, as opposed to like picking a difficulty mode and having to stick with it or getting to a point and having to turn the difficulty mode down, which is the, like, at least for me, incredibly soul crushing. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like giving up, but when you're just skipping optional content, it just feels like I just want to play a video game. I don't want to deal with this. Like it's less, I can't do this and more. I just don't want to do this right now. I'll come back to it later. And, like, respecting the player's mental health in that capacity, too. Like, they don't... Whenever they do the narrative of, like, characters saying, like, you can't do this to the main character, there's... It's always right after you've just beaten, like, a world, a level, a big level area. And so, like, I don't think there's ever a point where the player... It's when the player is at the most confident of their (laughs) skills, right? Because they've just made... Crossed a major milestone. So even though the character is suffering from doubts about her ability to accomplish this task. You're not actually, like, making the player feel anxious about their progress. Yeah. And so just, like, thinking about that, I don't know, I think it has a lot of interesting approaches to game design that could be worked into other similar games. Uh, The biggest thing is, like, the sort of, like, fluid difficulty that can be sort of adjusted on the fly without hurting your ego. I think that's something that games really need, <laughs> especially now that like it's a lot easier to to change things on the fly as opposed to like with the NES, you kind of did just have to say easy, medium, difficult, and it would change the amount of health enemies had. And that was sort of the whole thing. Yeah. But even with Mega Man, like having easy modes too also expands like the different thing. Like with Mega Man, I was sometimes playing the super easy modes just so that I can try out ideas without having to worry about getting game overs while I'm just goofing around. Yeah. So, like, there's fun to be had there. And also, like, speedrunning, too. Like, you can beat Celeste in, like, under half an hour if you just ignore all of the content. (laughs) But, like, because it's optional, it, like, lets you do those weird things like that. So I understand why it won so many Game of the Year type things, especially for indie games. And there's also coming out with a bunch of new levels, too. I saw on the Steam update page after uh, I booted up the game booted up steam to boot up the game i saw that there were they're adding like a hundred new levels for free at some point that's pretty neat actually um i keep looking i don't want to pay for them is the thing is that it's kind of expensive to get a whole bunch of downloadable content is that blaster master zero two has dlc to play as like shovel knight and like (laughs) shantae the what is it half genie something 
half genie hero i think yeah is the tagline yeah Shanti. like when you're are you playing as them with like different abilities or is it just yeah like... like you play as them and i don't know how that's supposed to work in the game but i've seen that the downloadable content exists uh and i am how much does it cost i remember thinking it was expensive when i looked at it i want to say that they were like uh five or ten dollars each no yeah dlc is just kind of the world we live in these days it seems like even Breath of the Wild 2 apparently came from Nintendo having too many ideas for Breath of the Wild DLC. <laughs> Which honestly kind of worries me because I'm worried that it's going to have the same sort of thing that Mario Galaxy 2 had. Where like maybe they'll make some fun gameplay updates but when it comes to like the content it will be very much like this is stuff that we didn't want to put in the actual video game so it got put on the back burner and now we're putting it in this new video game but it's all the stuff that we didn't like as much as the stuff that we put in the first video game because otherwise we put it in the first video game that's my concern i'm pretty sure they will definitely do something about the rain because that was everyone's biggest complaint about breath of the wild was that when it started raining, you couldn't do anything. And so I think they're going to change that. I don't know what else they're going to change about the gameplay, though. It seems like most of it would be level design stuff, like having actual dungeons and stuff like that. So actually, uh, apparently, uh, Shantae and Shovel Knight are only $2 each. Uh, and what I was Wait. thinking of was actually uh, BlazBlue Cross Tag Battle, where they have character packs that those are 5 or $10 each. And it's one you of those. You just said a name of a thing that blew my mind. What? Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle. <laughs> That's just words. That's a That's lot of words. That's just five words. It's a lot of words strung together. It's just five words. I don't think that means anything. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, let me. Well, now if I need you to think know what that's, it is. If you think Blaz, let, let me show is you. the word Blaz Jetty. <laughs> well, it's Blaz Blue. One one word. Blaz blue. Yeah, with a capital B and another capital B. So in ah. this in this word, there are the three letters Z B L right next to each other? Yep. That's not how words Okay, uh, if you're complaining about that. Jetty, that's at, not how words Look at Guilty Gear Surge Rev two upgrade. What? Hold on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in Japanese, Zerd? Zerd. It's the Zerd it's the entry. It's X R D. Like, like third, third but, but with an X. X. But, yeah. but yep. wouldn't it be X? When, <laughs> why wouldn't you use the gene the more generic one, the TH? Because Japan. <laughs> but, Jetty. So, okay. Jetty, no. What I was trying to say Sorry. is that when I was thinking about DLC that was way too expensive... It's uh that Blazblue has these character packs, but they like take characters from different games. So like basically, if you want one game, like you can get all the Persona characters, but you have to download or you you have to buy like five different five dollar DLCs to get them because they're split up. You don't just get one pack that has all the Persona characters. You get a pack that has one Persona character, one character from whatever else one oh, character lame. from uh rwby i think and you do pronounce it ruby do you my brother that's what my brother does and he watches the actual te the actual i was about to say television show but oh ruby we live in the internet age so i don't know if that, that means anything i live in this world where i originally pronounced it ping like the the file type i pronounced oh, it i ping. thought you were saying you originally pronounced ruby as ping it's like well that's definitely incorrect <laughs> And, like, it kills me is that when I got into college, everyone made fun of me for saying ping. And then immediately, as soon as I got out of college and into, like, my first, uh, like, career job, I was like, oh, it's a PNG file. And they're like, PNG? What are you, some kind of idiot? Oh, like, no. <sighs> well, you can't win, ever, in life, ever. I think I say PNG. But I wouldn't be a butt about it. Yeah, it was... Now, GIF, I will be a butt about. But mostly for the meme. I don't actually care. But I do say GIF. Because the other one is peanut butter. <laughs> You're not But wrong. I think... 
Okay, so actually two things. Number one, I think that I might actually jump on the character DLCs for Shovel Knight and Shantae. Number two, oh, is this for the original game and not Blaster Master Zero 2? Interesting. Um, and the other thing is, are you familiar with Pikuniku? I think I'm only, you say, you said Pikuniku, and my brain was like, Jetty has said those sounds before. That's all I can give you, Joseph. But Jetty has said those sounds before. So yes, you do know it. Let me let me find. I took a bunch of screenshots, but it's like if I want to find one that's representative of the gameplay, uh, I have to like hunt through my million screenshots. Um, you must have said it on the podcast before. I'm not sure if I did. Is it about a picnic? No, it's about kicking I've a bunch seen, of stuff. I've <laughs> seen this. Yes, and it's a game where you kick things with a friend. Okay, and here's the thing is that I played through the game. I beat it. Um, I didn't want to talk about it on this podcast because I felt like we wouldn't have enough time, but then somehow we have excess time on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we almost, that never happens. Right? And so I was like, <laughs> I was saving it for the next podcast because I'm probably not going to play a lot of games in the next month. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Like, it was so silly, and it was like uh, kind of what you were saying where it's a puzzle game, and... There's an inherent level of challenge, and then there's like the additional challenges that you can do for yourself uh, to make mm -hmm. things more difficult or whatever, or just like explore more. Like, like kicking your friends really hard across the map. It is fun. It is so much fun to kick everything. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, you achieved your dream. You got your wish. Uh, hold on. Where is it? You got some <laughs> arms. Some arms. <laughs> and then That's you get I've to equip wanted. the arms. You get to equip the arms. Like this is like Do you after get to slap a long... things? You don't have any control of them. They just dangle <laughs> off of your body. <laughs> like they just flail around as you walk normally. That's amazing. Um, but yes, uh, it's a great game. And what I realized while I was actually like sitting here thinking about it is I searched for it. I was going to try to find a video. And the first thing that comes up is two-player co-op. And I was like, whoa, wait, two-player? So maybe uh, maybe I can convince someone on the Game Cola staff to purchase the game, and then we can co-op. Is it online? What is it? Oh, that's a good question. Oh no! What if it's not? Then you'd have to I be know at my it's house. At least local, but I don't live where you live now, or where you're going to live, Jetty. So I don't think I can I, help you there if that's the case. I'm mostly just excited about the concept of co-op. Just move. Kicking. Yeah, I've I've, <laughs> I've I've seen. I've seen uh, people play co-op, and it looks like a lot of fun because you kick your friends all over the place. Man, kicking so many things and just, <laughs> just walking wanna... around. I honestly don't have much to say about Pikuniku other than that it was a lot of fun and stupid. <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah. I want to play it now. You know what's another video game I've been playing in recent times? What? Pocket Man Ranger 2 Shadows of... Almia? Joseph, you just complained name. about me saying <laughs> Blast Blue Cross bet Tag Battle. Shadows of is real. Those are real regular words. It's only one made up word. And it's a place. You can make up places. And there's no three consonants next to each other. Cross, one of them being Z. Cross and Tag and Battle are all real words. <laughs> X is not... Wait... Is that it was a cross or is it the letter X? Oh, cross cross is uh, the word cross. It, okay. it is unrelated to Guilty Gear Zerd Rev 2 Upgrade. Um, anyway, I didn't say I liked the name, but uh, it's the second Pokemon Ranger game. And I found it while I was like looking through all my DS games. And I was like, oh, it was also because I thought it came out in 2008. And I thought it, we, I would be able to play it for the for the awards. Yes. But I think it technically came out. I think it came out in Japan in 2008 and oh. America in 2009 or something like that. Yeah. Because um, it, it's it was made by Creature, so it was made by the same place that made Mystery Dungeon. And it's a game where instead of catching Pokemon and Pokeballs, you temporarily catch them by doing Beyblade at them. <laughs> okay. Anna, you must have remembered some Pokemon Ranger like advertisement from our times as youths. You have a lot of faith in my memory. <laughs> and I appreciate it. You don't remember people catching Pokemon with tops? With Beyblades? If you find me a commercial, I might, but... Mm -mm. 
anyway you 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 have uh these tops and they make light come out of them and you draw a circle so on the ds you just draw a bunch of circles around the pokemon and you catch them and you can use them to either capture other pokemon or for the most thing uh just moving rocks out of the way um like there's just a th- most of the most of the gameplay loop is there is an obstacle. You need to find the Pokemon that gets rid of this obstacle. So you walk through. It's like, here's a Pokemon that gets rid of this obstacle. Go back to the obstacle. Pokemon gets rid of the obstacle. Okay, now do that again. But sometimes you need to have three Pokemon for a specific thing. Oh. And sometimes you have to use some Pokemon to get around so you can get to the Pokemon that clear the obstacle that you want to get rid of. And the real game is trying to predict which Pokemon that you're going to need to advance and getting them on the way so that you don't have to backtrack. Um, it's interesting. It is weird because I definitely played this game because I, like, I took pictures of my previous save file to, like, see how, like, far I was getting in the game as I was playing it. And I remember, I definitely played this whole video game and I remember none of it. I remember, like, the beginning which is weird because you'd think the ending would stand out to me more. But I don't remember anything else. I remember when you were... I re- remember the school part because it was very real in that you make some friends at school and then you all move to different parts of the country and never hear from each other. <laughs> Sounds like college. Right? Right? It was a little too real. And then eventually, of course, because it's a video game story, like, they do end up coming back. But it was kind of like, yeah, I was just you just go into a new job with a bunch of people that you don't know. <laughs> but I was just, it was funny to me. Like, I'm playing through this. I definitely played this whole game before, and I don't remember any of it. Like, there's certain predictions that I'm making, but I'm pretty sure it's just because the plot is very obvious. But there was a part where they're like, oh, yes, this crystal is represents the ancient legendary Pokemon Darkrai. And I was like, Darkrai's in this video game? I don't remember that. I feel like I would. And I looked at the box and it's like, oh yeah, there there's like a little shadow of Darkrai in the background. I was like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but I definitely played this video game and beat it. So I don't know. Maybe you should put less faith in your own memory. <laughs> I guess the the thing about the Pokemon Ranger, the second Pokemon Ranger game is that they changed the base mechanic though because in the original one you had to like circle a Pokemon a certain number of times in a row and then it would capture them and then but the problem was is that like the challenge was weird because like anytime you messed up you had to start all over so you just had to figure out it was less about like having a strategy over the course of like a boss fight if you were trying to fight a harder one and more just like waiting for your one opportunity to draw loops around the pokemon (laughs) um and you just sort of like wait because like there's no reason to draw loops around the pokemon when it's doing all of its crazy stuff so like when it's like blowing up the screen with pokemon moves you just don't put the stylus down but in the new one what it does is that like it fills up a bar, and even if you lift up your thing, the bar will stay up, but it will start to go down if you don't start looping again soon. So, like, that's more interesting because at the very least, then you have to balance, like, should I wait until it's safer at the cost of having to loop the Pokemon some more, or should I try to go for it before its friendship bar goes down? It is friendship. Apparently, circling the Pokemon with your magic top conveys your feelings of friendship to the Pokemon. That's Be how it my works. friend! I'm going to Beyblade. That's how I made friends in elementary Beyblade school. Beyblade at your I friends. Just, I just Beybladed at them until they wanted to be friends <laughs> with me. I didn't have very many friends. That's how middle school is, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how Mafia works. <laughs> so yeah, that's Pokemon Ranger. I've played a lot. It's very slow at this point, and I might be giving it up soon because the core gameplay loop of catch Pokemon to defeat obstacle is very slowly but surely becoming tiresome really beyblading pokemon not beyblading the pokemon that's not so bad it's just like having to find specific pokemon to beyblade to go forward and you just walk forward see the obstacle that you need to defeat and then you just go back and try to find that pokemon that does the thing so we'll see if that if i stick with that but yeah well, I think that's going to do it for us. We talked about all the video games that we like to play. So thank you for listening to this edition of the GCPC 133C. Um, I 
I was your host of podcast canadian Joseph Martin. If you forgot over the course of the podcast, that's who I am. Joined by Anna and Jetty, of course. And uh, if you like this podcast, you know what you can do. There's a way that you can be aware of whenever we upload a new podcast. There's actually a couple ways. Anna, what are some ways people can know that information? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Usually there's a post about the podcast when it goes there's up. There's always a post about the podcast there's when always it goes a... up. I make sure of that. On top of I'm that. Pointing um, at my microphone. <laughs> we are at GameCola on Twitter and we are GameCola on Facebook. That's all of our social media. We also have a Discord. Come join Be us. Be our friend. We were just talking yeah. about Brian Cliff's new job. What a great time. <laughs> Uh, you can find the link to the Discord in uh, the the post that goes out with this. Uh, you can on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where you can find uh, the articles for these podcasts as well as other gaming news and discussion and the awards. Yes, which are coming up. Hey. Which um, yeah, they will happen after the podcast. <laughs> At some point after this podcast goes up. Also, yes. you can vote. You probably will still be able to vote on the Reader's Choice Award. Uh, n- no, the Reader's no. Choice Award will end before. No. Uh, I will cut this part of the podcast out. But so if you no voting if for you, you. Been, yeah. But if you had been in the Discord or if you had uh, followed us on Twitter, you would have known about being able to vote. <laughs> if only, you be better if fans. only, <laughs> if only your friend had shared the Game Cola podcast with you sooner. <laughs> And also, if you really want to be up to date on this real podcast that we put on the real internet, you can find us on iTunes, and you can subscribe to the podcast, and uh, you can rate and review. And that really helps us out. When you rate and review, it uh, tells iTunes that it can recommend our podcast to other people listening to video game podcasts. We show up on the little recommended things. So if you leave some reviews, that would really help us out. That'd be real and sick. I've been watching the review counter. And I know that none of you have done it. <laughs> yep. So Joe's gonna fight you. I don't want to put. I don't. I won't fight you. Joe's I just gonna fight make you. Sure. That if you, if at least one of you does it, then the rest of you have plausible deniability. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. But if you, if you have a, if you have a review that you want to leave on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. We have other cool podcasts on iTunes too, like Hacks and Slash. There was a new episode of Hacks and Slash up there that I think people really liked. Um, you've got the, uh, the Secret of Mana RPG cast. You can catch up on that over the course of the hiatus if you haven't been listening to that. Um, and some other fun little things like uh, the debate cast. We had one of those a while back where uh, we talked about Zero Escape. And yeah, I think that's all the things. Oh, thanks to uh, Mio Xavier for our uh, intro and outro song, Five is Average. Um, if you want to send a pot, a podcast to the email, no, if you want to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at podcast at gamecola.net, or you can message us on the discord and we'll sometimes answer discord questions on the actual internet podcast, gamecola.net, the podcast, GCPC133C. Yeah. I, I think that's everything. Hashtag the GCPC. Yes. yes hashtag the GCPC on Twitter. Tell everyone. I believe in you. Tell all your friends. The end. Go the tell podcast. it on the mountain, over this... the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> at the GCPC. Wow. It's a good podcast. Okay, that's everything. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Have a wonderful Bye. time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is that you're listening to this, and we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Last time I didn't face the microphone because I have it in a box. Oh no, to, what just fell? To keep it from echoing too much. But then if I oh. turn my head away, like this is me talking into the microphone. This is me looking at my computer. Oh yeah. Hi Taco. Taco? Merrimate got a dog. His name is Taco. Is that with two A's? It is. <laughs> I'm starting the podcast <laughs> in three, two... <laughs> One. <laughs>
stop giggling or I can't start the podcast. Never. Paper towel stuck on my foot. What? What? I line the box with paper towels so that it sounds good. Are you stepping on the box? No, it <laughs> fell out. One of the paper towels that was taped fell out and it got stuck on my foot. Just a podcast. Okay. No, oh, it fell again. Oh well. Okay, three, two, one. <laughs>